Hello folks, welcome back. Um, there's a mishmash of many different aspects that I'm going to kind of just quickly refer to now. And and, um, and uh, we spoke in the past about, you know, the fear of missing out and, you know, what other people are doing and the idea of what we're doing and being either content or discontent with it. And sometimes we can look out and see the significance of what other people are doing uh, from a missional perspective, bearing in mind that, you know, primary purpose is not to be missional, but to abide in Christ and to live his life. Um and 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 we can reflect on our own existence and our own work and just think, gee, I don't feel like I'm really doing much. I don't I don't feel like I'm actually having much effect, even though I'm abiding uh, with Christ and, I, and and increasingly He's making Himself known to me and I'm and I'm renewing myself daily in, with His power. And uh, I've got to say, this is where I wanted to ask Peter to kind of um, for some people um, make the distinction or, or help us understand what, what what significance we all have uh, by talking about a thing called. Um, the garden, and um, you know, obviously, the concept of garden is not foreign to us. Um, but the idea that we tend a garden, and that that makes up our primary missional space. And so, Peter, I'm just going to throw it across to you if you can kind of draw the links and paint a picture and, and uh, have us help us understand the significance of tending our own garden. Craig, I love the way you started. That many of us have a preoccupation with that question: What am I doing? And when we ask that question, we often evaluate what we're doing negatively because we're comparing ourselves with someone else or we're comparing ourselves with what we think is capacity. Yeah. What if what if someone said what what am I meant to do? Yeah. And the question that came back is make love. Holy smoke. I've got your interest there. Right. Yeah. You, you see I I'm not being flippant either. God created the world. And as he created the world, he creates Adam and Eve and and he gives to them a global mandate. A mandate's a, com a command or, or something to do. So that ties in with us because we're all worried about and concerned about what we're meant to do. And so God creates humans and he creates them in his image. And then it says in Genesis 1.28, God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing. So God creates the world and he gives Adam and Eve dominion over it. And Adam and Eve, I can imagine going, oh, my goodness, my goodness, the whole world. How are we going to do this? And then God goes, oh, sorry, guys, I forgot to tell you. I forgot to tell you. Uh, yeah, I created the whole world, but I've planted you in a garden. Mm. And then you can, you can collectively, from Genesis 1 and 2, hear Adam and Eve going, oh, phew. Oh, a garden we can handle. And then they start getting anxious. You know, a garden, what are we going to do in the garden? What are we going to do in the garden? And he goes, oh, in the garden, I, I, want, I want you to go away and be intimate with one another. Ah, hmm. oh, okay. So God, you've created this whole world. You've given us dominion over it. And the way we exercise that dominion is by recognising you've placed us in a garden. And in this garden, our primary concern is intimacy with one another. And God goes, ah, you're learning. That's it. So, let's go to the New Testament. Jesus says to the disciples, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded you. And the disciples go, Oh, no, no, the, the, whole, the whole world. We've got to make disciples of the whole world. And he goes, Oh, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Um, I'll be with you always. Intimacy with me is what it's all about. Mm -hmm. Intimacy with one another. And, by the way, I'm placing you in a garden. 
So each of us gets placed in a garden, so to speak, garden being metaphorical. So the garden that Julie and I are placed in at the moment uh, is on numerous levels. It's Mount Torrens and, and where we live and the neighbours that we have. Now, you don't live in Mount Torrens, Craig. Yeah. So uh, I hope you don't uh, spend a lot of time praying for Mount Torrens. <laughs> uh, I don't spend a lot of time praying for Valley View, but Mount Torrens is in my garden. And the people who God has placed in our lives in Mount Torrens are in my garden. I was with a farmer the other day who's run out of water. And uh, as we started praying for him to find water on his property, it started raining and it hasn't stopped since. Hmm. Of teaching this guy to exercise authority over his land because his land is his garden and the father's interested in it. And, and he, he's a great farmer and you know what the definition of a great farmer is, don't you? It's a bloke outstanding in his field. And uh, Anyway, it's been really great spending some time with you I guys. threw that in because Travis said he loves my jokes. <laughs> uh, but uh, this guy, this guy can't believe that from the day he was speaking to us about rain, uh, about a lack of water on his property, it hasn't stopped raining. And I said, that's because you spoke water into being with the authority that the Father has given you on his farm. Because he asked me to pray and I said, I can't. Yeah. It's not that I won't. It's that I can't. I said, but I can teach you how to pray with authority over that because that's the garden God has given you to steward. So, Craig, the first thing about local mission is saying, where, where am I placed? Yeah. So, firstly, my garden is my family. Yeah. My garden is my local place where, where the Holy Spirit has placed me. It's my work. It's my school connections. It's my extended family. And, uh, and, and, and what am I to do there? Uh, Julie and I are to show the intimacy that we have with one another out of the intimacy with the Father. So God placed Adam and Eve in the garden and he invited them to a life of intimacy. Yeah. So Psalm 86 says, uh, Teach me your way, O God, that I may walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart to fear your name. Mm. So what if that the biggest missional activity Julie and I were doing, inverted commas, in Mount Torrens, was living in unity with one another. Practicing forgiveness, walking humbly before God and before each other, mm. having me bless her and pray for her, seeking to help her prosper in her calling as a daughter of our King and His Kingdom. What if my number one role as a granddad was to lead them into intimacy with the Father by blessing them? to do the same with my kids. Every day for my kids, I don't pray uh, primarily for financial success or good health over them. Every day I speak into being, into their life identity. Mm -hmm. uh, why? Because they're in my garden. And so in my garden, I want to firstly tend those things that will develop intimacy and go for intimacy and cultivate intimacy uh, in the garden. Uh, it's interesting. It just brings back to mind. Oh, I remember a bloke. I think it was his name was Bill Brown um, from Melbourne somewhere. Was he related to Joe Smith? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> another good one there, Trev. You know, send us in your reviews. Um, and Bill was basically saying, he says, you know, maybe maybe, maybe he was just kind of making up the numbers, but he said, eighty-five percent of all we do, anybody can do it. Fifteen percent of all we do, some other people can do it. 5% of all we do, no one else can do it. Find that 5% and make it your life. And and so we reflected on that. My, uh, my wife and I reflected on that and just realised that there are people in our life that we have access to that have been given to us, if you like, that nobody else has access to. And likewise, for me to infringe upon other people's relational credibility 
is going beyond my sphere. Where does, where does um, Paul talk about that in Romans? Romans 9, Romans 10? 2 Corinthians 10. I'm just looking it up right now. Yeah. As Even as you said it, I was looking it up. Yeah. And um, so this idea of garden is, you know, it's, it's, it's geographical. It's relational. Um, am, I, am I right? Yeah. Um, where we're placed work-wise, no one, else, no one else has your particular job with the particular set of relationships at your work doing the types of tasks you're doing. Whether you like it or not, whether you like that job or not has nothing to do with it. You're actually placed there that's, for a reason. That's where you are, yeah. And look, and, and as a part of this, I remember Tony Fitzgerald talking about um, John 17 where Jesus was praying his um, high priestly prayer and basically said, you know, I thank Heavenly Father you've enabled me to show your love to those you've given me out of the world. And, and so, so his reference to that is that the disciples were his garden. Exactly. Given out of the world. Yeah. That's his, they were his primary garden. Yeah. And so, so Jesus could, uh, could uh, one day heal and, and minister to hundreds and hundreds of people, go up the mountain at night to spend the evening in intimacy with his father and come back. And the next day, the disciples wanted a repeat of the day before. Yeah. And they actually had a whole lot of people already lined up. And Jesus said, oh, we're not doing that today. We're going to the Decapolis. The, yeah. ten, the ten towns, and the disciples go. But but what? And that's because those other people were important and are significant individuals, but they're not Jesus' primary garden. Yeah. His primary role was to live out the calling of his Father in modelling kingdom life and kingdom community and kingdom connections and intimacy with the Father to his disciples. Isn't that a beautiful thing about Christ? As you as you mentioned that that he was bound in the flesh by time and space, and so that 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 gives us the, the the best example that we could ever hope for in relation to the fact that he could actually remain in his throne in heaven and do all these sorts of things but he chose to in, in, um, incarnate himself in such a fashion that we can understand that we're not meant to fix everyone's problems we're not meant to be all things to all people all the time yeah um, and we see it clearly in his life and it gives us an example of what it is to live in our garden and steward our garden and tend to our garden accordingly now we mentioned second Corinthians 10. 12 following, where Paul talks about, firstly, he starts off not, not comparing ourselves with others. In other words, someone else's garden is not our garden, yeah. and our garden isn't someone else's. <clears throat> and so we don't commend ourselves for what we do there. And, and then he talks in there, he's got this concept of sphere, that we, we get given a sphere of action. And do you know, uh, I'm sorry for those who are listening who are single, because I keep using married uh, examples. Um, but this is this is an appropriate example. When, when a husband and wife first get married, their sphere of immediate family life is each other. <coughs> Excuse me. As they learn to grow in intimacy and humility and service and transparency and authenticity with each other, the overflow of their intimacy may be that there are some children. First one, unless you get multiple birth, and then two, then three. Uh, but you're not given straight away in the day and year that you get married... Uh, three great-grandchildren, 15 grandchildren, and three adult children. And it's just as well because you wouldn't have a clue what to do. So our sphere starts very, very small. And as we are faithful in our sphere, and when I'm talking about as we are faithful, I'm not talking about there's a test. Yeah. But I'm talking about as we grow in maturity, naturally, learn from experience and, uh, and, and grow in competency and capability with what we've been given then Paul says our sphere enlarges. And so we, we find that uh, 
many of us can, can put margins into our lives and relax into the rest that the Father brings by saying, you know what, in terms of living a missional life, if we want to categorise it like that, because we know that all of life is mission, I, I, really, I really am being connected or called to connect with these people. They are the people who it seems the Father has given me at the moment. Mm. As, as life permits and as uh, immediate stresses permit, our garden may increase and enlarge. It may then later on shrink and it then may expand again. So the thing is that where I am and where I am planted is where the Father has actually given me authority to act. So these are the places where I will see doors open and where I will see his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as in heaven in very tangible ways in my community. And it's not about looking at what is happening in someone else's world and saying, I wish that was happening in my world, because we are where we are, and we are where we are for a reason. So we start from where we are, using who we are and what we've been given with all the resources of heaven and earth in the place where we are. And if God wants to increase and enlarge our garden, uh, that's up to him. But he will never give us more than we can handle. And he does give us within our garden authority within that garden. Fair bit to digest there, Peter, but the concept is uh, nice and clear and straightforward, and it's worthwhile reflecting on it uh, into your own context and into to understand and identify what your garden is, and and then uh, go under the leading of King Jesus to know how do I tend that for His glory and for His purposes. Just just on that, how do we tend it? By going back to our identity. Yeah. If my identity is unsure, if I'm always striving, trying to be something that I'm not looking for affirmation from others, then I bring that into my garden. But a united Julian me comes as Peter is united with the Father in the yeah. love he has for him, and Julie is united with the Father in the love he has for him. Julie's a whole person in herself. I'm a whole person in myself. As we come together, we will be a whole person, a whole couple in him. So the best thing we can bring to the tending of our garden is a person who lives loved and then has capacity to live loving. Very well said, Peter. Thank you again.